We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. I wanted to share a very special episode with all of you. This is a conversation that I had with Jane Enright on the launch of her book, Butter Side Up, on June 8th at the Commonwealth Club of California, which we were at the San Francisco location. And what's uh, really beautiful about this conversation is Jane and I talk about a lot of the challenges and struggles that uh, we've gone through in life. Um, She's just a wonderful person. Her book is a fantastic read, uh, full of ups and downs and challenges and struggles like we all have in the world. Um, But this conversation uh, was just uh, so moving, and it was such an honor to be able to interview her. So without further ado, I give you In Conversation with Jane Enright and myself, Jari Bolander. Enjoy. Anyone know any good jokes? Off the top? I do. Any dad jokes, Phil? Yeah, you hear about the fire at the circus? No. It was intense. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I am. I can't. Okay, we we need to collect dad jokes. That's the best thing. So thanks, everyone, for coming. Um, We're going to get started. If you guys could take a seat, please. You'll notice a couple of things on your chairs. There's uh, Butter Side Up, which we're going to talk about, from this lovely woman, Jane. Um, there's also something called Endurance Tweet, which is a book I wrote, I think, 10 years ago. It seems like 10 years ago. Yeah, you said 10 or 12. And 10 or 12. And um, it's just really important for, for Jane and I to share our experiences of what we went through, uh, as well as how to... Was it, what do we say? Move on, move up, move on. Move forward. Move forward. Yeah, move, move forward. forward. Start fresh. Start fresh. New beginnings. New beginnings. After endings. <laughs> exactly. So um, welcome again. This is the Commonwealth Club of California, San Francisco. Um, wonderful place. been a long history of great conversations, great authors, one of which is sitting to my left. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> no, you can't cry. You'll, There's you'll... two of us here. <laughs> and another one on my right. Yes, yes, yes. So um, a couple things we want to talk about. Uh, first off, it's really important for us to share our experiences. And if some of you 
may have some similar experiences. And if, if you do feeling emotional about it, please just get up and walk over to where any place that you can have a space for yourself will completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was telling Jane, there's a lot of love in the room yes. for, for what we're going to talk about. So quickly, before we get started and before we talk about the book, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Okay. Thank you. First of all, thank you, Jory, for uh, being here with me today. It's an absolute honor to be here. I am a Canadian girl. I'm a mom. I'm a girl boss. And uh, I am the CEO of everything at my Super Awesome Life, Inc., which I started when I decided, and uh, after a lot of hard and sad, I told the universe, I'm tired of hard and sad. I'm not doing this anymore. What am I going to do? And I, my sons are here, Ross and Ryan. You might have met them today. And very proud of them. And went on a little bit of a journey with them. I don't know if anyone's into yoga. Put up your hand if you, you know, like to have a good savasana now and then. Shavas, is it shavasana? Savasana? Shavasana. And I said to myself, look it, I need one big, long shavasana. I need to just check out for a while and figure out what comes next after a lot of uh, hard and sad stuff. And I went on a journey, which started in San Francisco with Ross and Ryan, and we traveled together for three months. So you've got a 50, I was 52 at the time, 52-year-old woman with, I don't, Ryan, I think you would have been uh, 19, and Ross was 23. So not a lot of women and and guys that age, I think, would do that together. Not no, a lot of sons no, and moms uh, and their mother, and right? <laughs> But our journey started in San Francisco, and uh, you know what? What goes around comes around. So when I I've published the first edition of, of Butterside Up back in November uh, 2020, just before the pandemic, who knew I would release a book about the unexpected, about dealing with change and about dealing with the unexpected and my journey and trying to pay it forward, really, and right, help others. Right, right. And so... When it came time to figure out what comes next, I knew that I got in a seat on the bus in terms of publishing with with Friesen Press at the time, but I knew if I wanted to take it further that I really needed somebody that could carry me further with that. So that's when I got paired up with Brooke, mm-hmm. Brooke, Warner Brooke Warner at She, uh, she Writes Press, right. who said, you know what, there's this great guy that I know named Jari. I call him Yari. Yeah. I'm Canadian. <laughs> That's the best. It's story. really Yari. I'm going to keep telling you that. It's really Yari. Exactly. But I'll call you Jari That's because fine. I'm in the U.S. today. I so when I go anyway. To Canada, it's Yari, right? When you come to Canada, it's Yari. So anyway, she said, there's this great guy named Jari Bolander. And you know what? You should, as authors, you should really go talk to this guy because he knows of what he speaks. He's this great PR guy. I think he could learn a lot. Almost missed the meeting. And yeah, uh, I was on the West Coast and my hair was like, I, I looked, I, I didn't look like I look now. I didn't, I, uh, you know, I'm I, sure I don't you, remember. Like I'm that. sure you looked at me and said, who, I just got out of bed. I basically <laughs> rolled out of bed with a cup of coffee and said, okay, I'm going to this webinar. Anyway, one of the best decisions, decisions I ever made. And sometimes the smallest decisions can change your life forever. So I would not be sitting here back in San Francisco launching my book if it had not been for Jari saying, Jane, you know what? I think you and I have a lot in common in terms of our writing, in terms of our experiences. Why don't we sit down and talk about it? So here I am. 
Here we are, yeah. Butter side up. Butter side up. In San Francisco. So thank where you so all, much yeah. for your support. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, right where it all began. It comes full, kind of full circle. Full and, circle. I, and, you know, what's really interesting, you know, when I started reading the book, um, you know, a lot of you know I've had similar experience with my late wife, Jane, and it was just uncanny, the amount of similar experiences mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like, wow, someone that actually gets what it's like. And I think that's the most important thing that any person that's gone through something challenging and struggling is to know you're not alone in the, in the fight, right? Um, and a lot of people, especially men, um, pull that inside and do silly, crazy things like I did for a little while to try to numb the pain. And what I think is great about what you've done in this book is really lay out a plan for when it hits the fan, mm-hmm. this is what you should do. And I just want to read something really quick um, because this is what got me. Jane always says, you had me at hello. <laughs> and I, and I say, well, I had, you had me when I, when I read this. Okay. And what's really interesting about it is those of you that know me and went through the experience with Jane will really understand where this comes from. So this is an email that Jane would send to her family and friends. Dear friends and family, you know you've been at the hospital too long when you are there for shift change and you know six of the seven night nurses by their first names. The parking lot attendant, who looks like a motorcycle gang member, but is extremely polite and decent, we can't judge a book by its cover, offers to save you a spot for the next day. Six out of the seven nurses know your name. You start exchanging recipes with the cleaning staff. Yeah. The coffee lady offers you a discount. I've had that happen. <laughs> you return to the parking lot the next day to claim your reserved spot. Someone tries to take it, and the biker guy says to the other driver, fuck off, that first spot. <laughs> and the reason why this resonated so much with me is when Jane was going through her leukemia treatments, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I'd write an email to friends and family because I had to get it out. And so I'm just curious, like, what made you say I have to get it out in a book? That's, that's a great question. You know what? I, ha- I think it's very important, you know, to tell the audience and people that are, are going to listen to us later on and that I hope will listen to us later on and, and think about what we have to say is that I never set out to write a book. Mm-hmm. Like most people, we, we grow up in our lives and we're, we're shaped by our experiences. And oftentimes those experiences, they define us in a way, but they almost, it almost goes too far and we put labels on ourselves. So I always admired people like you who have written, what, seven? I think it's seven. Or seven eight. books. And I thought, wow, that's super awesome. I, I, I don't think I could ever do that. But it really, I got pushed in that direction mm. because... I had an accident, a very, well, not an accident. I had a very serious event happen to me. I was at Ryan's volleyball uh, tournament back in 2017, and I got slammed in the face with a volleyball. Just, I was a spectator in the stands. Changed everything. I was like Dorian finding Nemo. I didn't, I, I had problems with my memory. I also developed what's called speech aphasia, which I still have a little bit today. You may not notice it. I'll notice it, and I'll say, oh shoot, I wish I hadn't stumbled or, you know, I can't remember that word. So when I just said, 
Jari, that's a great question. That's my brain's way of preparing to talk to you. So I don't talk to people very often like this. So mm-hmm. thank you for making me feel very comfortable. Yeah, of course. So my life changed. So my, I had a great speech pathologist, D, who said, you know, Jane, maybe instead of speaking for, I, I spoke for a living. I was a facilitator around the world. Mm-hmm. Big, big things like NATO and, you know. Yeah, you were telling me a little big, bit about NATO. You know, big gigs, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, I understood that people that paid a lot of money to have me come in the room and tell them how to change and navigate change maybe didn't want to put on a name tag. They didn't want to ask me. They didn't want me to ask them to repeat themselves because they didn't understand because they thought maybe I was not listening. It wasn't that I wasn't listening. It was that I couldn't follow the conversation anymore. So thank you for wearing a name badge today because I often tell people I'm done very well and I made pretty much a full recovery but if I saw you and I met you outside on the sidewalk half an hour from now I'll say I know you but I won't remember your name and it's not that I didn't enjoy meeting you it's just it's really really hard for me so I got pushed I started writing instead of talking and I love to talk. I mean, I was chatty Cathy growing up, you know, like yeah, you, wind you me up. Still are I, <laughs> I know. A little bit. A little in bit. a good way. In I'm a not good way. It's bad. <laughs> no, in a good way. But I got pushed in that direction. So right. I was writing. And then right. when I did the friends and family emails, it was because with Clayton and mm-hmm. Jen, mm-hmm. who I helped in the during my journey in the book, during twelve months of my most terrible year. Right. It was exhausting to talk about it. So put up your hand if you've ever been in that situation where you've had something so terrible happen that you didn't want to talk about it. Sometimes it was easier to write. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I found that too. Yeah. I found that too. I mean, I don't know how many phone calls I had to make the first time we found out Jane had leukemia. In fact, Phil was having a kid when I met him in the lobby when Jane was in the hospital. And my, my phone was just blowing up trying to like, yeah. communicate with the family about what it was like and finally decided I just got to write this down and beautiful thing is that writing is, is therapeutic mm-hmm. helps me make sense of the world and people enjoyed it I guess because I was trying to be funny and witty and try to have a little levity I also think your humor and your um, go-getter like a lot of a lot of times people when they have a traumatic situation they latch up and they're like, what do I do? Um, and I think both of us sort of realize that's the time you act. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things I really, like you say in here, you're the CEO of everything. <laughs> and so how did that come about? I mean, what was the... Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? When I met Clayton, so I had my three things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to... Spoiler alert. I don't want to <laughs> tell you. You know, I want to tell you. This is what, you know, as, as a new author, you're supposed to talk about your book, I, you know, I'm, I'm a dead giveaway, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'm an open, open book, book open right? Book, Pardon yeah. the pun. Yeah. But I had my three things. So I had, I had the first thing happen, and you'd think that would be enough. And then the second thing happened. Um, like you, I, I had a, a partner. You, you were married. I, I had a partner. I was engaged. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful man who was an actual CEO of everything mm-hmm. at a company that I, I, had, I had. I was the CEO of everything at my company as a strategic planner, and he was the CEO of everything at his company. But I used to collaborate with him. And so he used to call me in to, you know, be the closer. And he nicknamed me the vice president in charge of conversation, as my my dad Mm. used to do. 
And so when Clayton had a, his uh, catastrophic event happen in his life, and I had to, he woke up one day out after his own head injury, and he looked at me on day 10 uh, after a hospital stay and said, I can't remember who anyone else is here, but you're the nicest and the prettiest. He woke up not remembering who I was. So he could not remember his life and who he was, and he could not remember meeting me. How old are you? How old am I? We live together? We sleep together? I mean, he's a guy, <laughs> right? You, hey, you know, no, like, hey, come on. I mean, I, like I shouldn't that. stereotype, but, you no, know, no, those are the kinds of things. Almost 85%, right? Like, you know, and I'm sitting there like, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean, yeah. Now, if, I, if you have a big ego, you could take that really personally, Yeah. right? Yeah. And that's where I learned about the outside in versus mm. the inside out thinking. That's mm. the big picture. That's like, whoa, Jane, don't get all... Don't get all upset about it personally that he can't remember you right. because it's his brain. It's not him as a person. It's his brain. So that's where outside in thinking really set the tone right, right. for me. Yeah. I mean, it's like taking a step back. Taking a step back. And that breath. I think that's what I found, too. There were just times where it was so overwhelming that, I mean, you just thought, well, I don't, what the hell am I in, like, am I getting punked? You know, like, I don't even know what's yeah. going on. and. You know, in, in, in my situation, like when Jane was in the hospital, and it's in the, the book I'm going to release next year, I had my special place at the hospital, which was this little balcony on the sixth floor. Mm -hmm. Your happy a, place. My happy place. And that's where I would go vape CBD before I went to sleep inside her room. And I, I didn't tell her that. <laughs> but uh, that was my happy place. And I yeah. could just see Geary Street go down and just like, I just need five minutes to just get rid of the chaos get rid of the chaos yeah. that's right clear your head clear your and, head. and you know it's really interesting being back here in san francisco because i mean it gets foggy here a lot as it does um on the west coast and really for me when i was writing and and using i call it my omg mm. right how many how often as um people in crisis i mean COVID is is change that can change its mind it's change unplanned change on steroids we all have day-to-day -day happenings in our lives but here we are you know experiencing all of this together on top of a lot of loss yeah. we've all experienced a lot of loss For sure. and so when i was experiencing loss I basically used my CEO of everything skills, my business skills. We talked about this on your podcast, yeah, um, yeah. The Entrepreneur Ethos. I had to step back and take a scan and say, okay, how are we going to get through this? I'm trying to take care of myself. And here I got this guy who can't remember who I am. He can't remember living with me. He can't I mean, he remember, remember who he is. He doesn't remember uh, sleeping with me. I, I mean, you know, he's a guy, right? Like, he is a guy. Yeah. I'm scrolling through my iPhone <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out you know, okay, well, if I show him a picture of this, he'd look at it. And I could tell he was very, you know, earnestly trying to figure it out. And he, then he looked at me and he said, I live there. Because we, we, very nice home. Yeah, yeah. And I, I live there with you? Wow, I must be a lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> and true story. So he set the tone. Clayton set the tone. So, you know, he, he set the tone in terms of, you know what? I don't know what's happening, but I feel good when I'm with you. And I think that's the thing that we all have to remember. Even though we have happenings in our life, yeah. we have to trust those feelings. When you don't feel good about something, trust your gut. 
Yeah. Go with your gut. And I talk about that in Butter Side Up. And you talk about it in Endurance. Go with your gut. Because yeah. sometimes we get, when bad things happen, we get caught up thinking. We get caught up on that hamster wheel of, well, what's next? Yeah. What if this doesn't happen? And, oh, my gosh, we get caught in a loop of depression about the past and anxiety about the future. Yeah. And so what I've tried to do in Butter Side Up is really tell people not only my story, but some of the little lessons along the way that I learned mm. about just not only navigating change, but trying to navigate it in such a way that you not only land Butter Side Up at the other end, but you don't deny or resist those feelings. And, you know, because we can't be happy all the time. No. And that's not what being butter side up for me is. That's not what butter side up is about. It's about looking at things with an attitude of of big picture thinking, Mm -hmm. also mindfulness and gratitude Mm -hmm. so that you can say, you know, I don't know what the next five minutes is going to bring, but today I'm grateful for this. Yeah. Today I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for this. Like look at even if even if you hate what I'm saying right now or you dislike it, look at the view. Look what you got. This is incredible. And I'm very grateful to be sitting here with you. Me as well. Because yeah. I wouldn't have met you. That's true. If any of this other stuff this yeah. this you know stuff with four letters ending in a T happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I know. It's isn't it weird where there's there's some good that comes of things like tragedy. There's good. Which I don't think you really fully understand until you've kind of stepped away from it a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. remember someone asked me that after Jane died, and I'm like, there's no good that comes out of this. And then a lot of therapy later, um, I realized, like, oh, well, I don't drink anymore. And that's a good thing because I didn't really handle it well, as you can imagine. Uh, when she was going through what she was going through and then after was pretty substantially shitty. You know, when, when you want to, when, when, <laughs> when you walk down the street and you say, I wonder what it would be like to walk in front of a bus. That's when you got to take a pause and be like, I really probably should get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully it had like wonderful friends Yeah. that like Phil and others and, you know, cousin Mark that's in the back. And um, it's, you know, you, when you're in it, when you're in the when you're in the shit, mm-hmm. when you're in the trenches, when you're in the trenches, you don't see that. No, so, and I think what, that that's why this is such a powerful thing because even when during the Clayton fiasco issue thing, yeah. um, something happened to Jen, one of your best friends. Yes. Yeah, I have my three things. Things happen in threes. Things happen in threes. Yes, things happen in threes. And so I, uh, probably like most of you, um, so I, I kind of equate it to really almost losing everything because like you, I have a wonderful support system. I've got Ross and Ryan and we've got a shout out to nephew Will and Marissa and their baby that are, are here tonight supporting uh-huh. and Paula How and cute. Sid, Sydney. So again, very, very important to have a support system. And I think as educators, we've got some people facilitating here from Josie's Place, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later today, how important organizations like Josie's Place are. Particularly now, uh, during a pan, you know, pandemic, which is now an endemic, you've, you need a support system. So part of my support system was my friend Jen. Mm-hmm. She was my best friend of 40 years, which is longer than most marriages. Met her on the playground when I was 11. And used to ski at a place called Beaver Valley Ski Club, which yeah. I'm now a member at. Right, right. 
had a heck of a time. Just just that's where we really bonded. And, you know, her parents were my support system. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jim taught me how to ski, her dad, and her mom taught me about après ski and how to put ice in your drink so you wouldn't get hung over. Okay? <laughs> Those are life lessons. And I always grew up with a sense of humor, a good sense of humor. My father always had a good sense of humor, but Jen really made me laugh. Right. So she was, she was my rock. She was my, my fill, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. to you. Well, you know, again, spoiler alert, um, Jen, you know, was my rock when I was going through what I was going through with Clayton. And just as Clayton was getting released from hospital and beginning another journey of of his, um, Jen walked into an emergency room with abdominal pain and came out with a terminal diagnosis. Yes. And didn't have a lot of time. We never know how much time we have. We never know how much time we're going to have. And she got a little bit of a warning, but not much. And she passed away three weeks later. So this happened in the span of 12 months. So from April 7th, 2017, to the day she passed, April 11th, 2018, that was my most terrible, awful year. Wow. And so when that happened, wow. like you talk about, you feel like, like, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who's, I don't know who's, yeah. who's in charge, yeah. you know, it could be a committee. Yeah, I, clearly, I don't know. Clearly like, not, I don't know. What did I, happy with me for what did I do? Yeah. What did I right, do? Right, right. You know, and Ryan was home at the time I got the news. I, she, she couldn't tell me. I think this is important too. I had the experience where she couldn't tell me mm-hmm. herself because she had that I'm going to talk about it in Jane's Jam, my new mm-hmm. book coming yeah, out in November. Yeah. She had that under the covers moment where she found out she got diagnosed and she didn't know what to do. She she couldn't talk. Yeah, I couldn't talk. I mean, I was having trouble talking because of my, you know, yeah. incident, my accident. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't talk because she was paralyzed with the news that she wasn't, you know, she wasn't going to see her kids grow up. She wasn't going to have those wonderful moments. Yeah. And so that's when you talk about Jane, how did this book come about? That's when I, I went to call her, Jari, I couldn't talk. Yeah. I yeah. literally could not find my voice. And yeah. I knew that she needed me and I needed her. Yeah. And that's when I started to write. Yeah. And that's where I share a very personal piece of correspondence in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under friends and fam- my friends and family, I share the correspondence that I wrote to my friend Jen and her family. Yeah which I hope if anyone is going to read will help them find the words that they need to, because so often it's hard to find the words when someone, you know, and love is, is, has, you know, been diagnosed with something. And and I mean, you probably have that experience too. Yeah. I mean, Jane died April 3rd, 2017. Wow. So that started my most awful. So we've had, we've had a lot of, okay. So we've had a lot of parallels. Yeah, I know. I know. We've had a lot of parallels here. Well, it's funny, um, in the book, you do a really good job of, um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Like who Jen was and why she made you laugh. Yeah. And I'm just going to read briefly. Um, I won't read the whole letter because it's a bit, bit, bit you know, it, it does, it's very moving. But towards the end, there's this, by the way, by the way, you still owe me a boozy lunch. Just because you are sick doesn't mean I'm letting you off the hook for our annual boozy birthday lunch. Love and biggest hugs forever, Jay. P.S. 
Keep managing expectations. Please remember, we make a lot of things happen, but we can't feed four kids on two tits. <laughs> so I never met Jen, but I like her already. Okay, yeah. And that's that, we were hanging. I mean, yeah. she didn't swear too much. No, no, Everyone that's okay. Swear like a sailor. That's but right. that's just one of those things where it's the levity. So it may seem a little morbid or a little bit crass, but sometimes humor in a shitty situation is what like level sets you. Yeah. Um, Jane, <laughs> she was just, and those that know her, um, know this. Uh, she just had an interesting sense of humor. And even when she was in her darkest days, it was more like these weird isms. So I remember one time, and this, this is actually not in the book, but it's such a great story. She's like, Jari, babe, I got one thing to tell say to you I'm like what what oh my god this is towards the end this is when she's towards the end of, towards the end of her life she's like two ply two ply we're gonna spend money on two ply toilet paper <laughs> it's just too much for me and I look at her and I go are you kidding me she's like ha ha gotcha yeah see <laughs> and I'm all, the day you're like yeah you're like you've gone through four or five rounds of chemo a bone marrow transplant you've lost your hair you feel like shit and you just got me. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I loved her so much. And you know, continue what? to, and that's why her family is the same way. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm just so honored to be sitting with you oh. and talking like this, because oh, first of all, I don't think a lot of people that have been through what you've been through could sit here and talk like this. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I get that too. People say, and that's one of the reasons I wrote Butter yeah, Set Up. And yeah. people said, well, yeah, yeah. aren't you going to write anymore? Like I, I wrote, I think 72 friends and family emails yeah. and people said, well, aren't you going to write anymore? And I said, well, no, there's nothing like after Jen passed, it was like, well, what? No, yeah. there's what nothing to write there? about. Yeah. I mean, what that, those were pretty write? dark days. Yeah. yeah. And, sure. uh, anyway, but they said, but Jane, you know, you're writing about hard, sad stuff, yeah. but we enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> like you make it sound, you, you know, you help us get through some stuff. And that's when I knew I had strengths and skills that other people didn't have. Yeah. I was the CEO of everything. I had, first of all, I was vice president in charge of conversation. I, I, you know, promoted myself to the CEO of everything right. because I had to help not only myself, but, but Clayton and in the end, Jen, cause mm-hmm. she phoned me, yeah. you know, and said, where are you? Like, I might, I might not make it, yeah. you know, like, where are you? Yeah. So that in itself, you know, being able to move forward and back, not backward and start again, I think is really, really important because those are the messages that Jari and I are trying to promote mm-hmm. here. We are living, breathing examples of people that have gone through a lot of stuff ending, you know, with four, four letters ending in a T, you know, <laughs> with, you've gone with, through with the four letters ending in a K in a K. Yes. <laughs> before that, before that, <laughs> but you know what? We're still here. Yeah. We made a choice. We made a choice to move forward. And that cho- sometimes that's not easy. It's no. not easy to see the forest through the trees. No, so in Butterside Up and in your upcoming memoir, Ride or Die, Ride or die. Husband's, husband's Memoir. Yes, husband's, husband's Memoir about love, loss, and the true meaning of commitment. True meaning of commitment. We're here to tell you, you know what? There can be hope. There can be love. There can be joy. There can be happiness. Yeah. After loss. Yeah. 
you know what? It's and 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 people like Valerie and Clay and Patricia and others, you know, that are here supporting us. And we've got the libraries. You know, we got the the San Francisco Library here today. You know, I am just so thrilled to be able to. First of all, I'm grateful for my life, and I want to share with other people. You know what? It's hard to be grateful for your life sometimes because sometimes life isn't fair. Sometimes life sucks. Yeah. But you know what? In the at the end of the day, we all have strengths and skills, and we all have tools. So I'm trying to share a little bit of my knowledge, as you are, to yeah. say, you know what? Yeah. You can do this. You got support. You're not alone out there. And I hope as we're we're um, recording this, yeah. that other people will understand that you know what? Life can still be pretty good even during a pandemic. You know what? Yeah, Even I mean, during a pandemic, yeah. Yeah. we've all got things to be grateful for. 100 percent. Every day's a gift. That's that's Every what day's I learned. A gift. I wake up. Ah, oh, I got one more day. I should use got it wisely. Use it wisely. That could be that could be binge watching on Netflix. Could yeah. be or. Are you buying two ply though? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Buy the two ply. Buy the two ply. By the two. <laughs> so what was what was the most challenging part about writing this book? I mean, you know, you've talked a little bit about the emails and I'm sure that was tough. But I mean, then now you got to synthesize all this. Yes. Into this. What, what, what's what were the challenges? Uh, starting. starting. Yes. <laughs> Any fellow writers Anyone there? starting ever written anything? Yeah. Starting. Yes, well, you're, no. su- you're supposed to have a plan. Right. You're supposed to have an outline and that's the way it works. If you go online and you look up, well, how to write a book, you know, in 10 easy steps, (laughs) you're supposed to have a plan. And so for a girl that got knocked in the head and was traumatic brain injury. Yes. And and was taking care of another guy who had had a huge serious one and and her girlfriend that, you know, was was passing. Sometimes I didn't have a plan. Yeah. I didn't have a plan. I just started to write. And I, I cry. I, t- I talk about it in the back of the book. I talk about, about how I wrote the book because people said, look, this is hard, sad stuff. How, you know, yeah. honestly, I cried for a good 45 minutes when I started. And then that was it. And really? then, and that, that was it. I didn't cry anymore. And today, to this day, I still am. I still get teary about Jen Yeah. yeah. because I really, truly like your Phil, Philip. I wish, I wish my friend yeah, Jen was, was sitting right there. there. But you know what? She's here. Yeah, yeah. And you're you know what? She's here. And she was on my shoulder when I wrote that book. Yeah. And uh, I had my little convos with her in my head. Yeah. Oh, you know? there's Jen here, too. Yeah, and there's Jen here. <laughs> That's right. We've all she, got a Jen. Everybody needs got a Jen. Jen right? Every, we all Phil, need a Jen. Mark, we right? all need a Jen. We all need a Jen or a That's Phil. That's right. For sure. But if you don't have a Jen, you need to go and, and talk to somebody like, Patricia or Valerie or Clay at Josie's place here in San yeah. Francisco, right. or, you know, build that network, right. keep connected, yeah. reach out, reach out, go to the library, yeah. go to the library, read up, you yeah. know, yeah. connect with, there's lots of fantastic groups. And that's the other thing too. Like you, I have to pay the bills. I mean, mm. I want to sell tons of books. I want everybody to read Butterside Up, but yeah. I also know not everybody can afford to read a book Correct. or buy a book. Right. They can sorry, you can read a book, but you can't afford to buy a book. So I always say, go to your local library, right. ask for a copy of a book that you would like to read, yeah. or ask the librarian to recommend something to yeah, you. Yeah, they're a great resource for that. Great that is, resources. That probably the bastion of democracy and you know inclusion, equality, like yeah, the 
All the knowledge in the world is there. And it's free. And it's free. Doesn't cost anything. Doesn't cost anything. Cost your time. Yeah, their time. Time is precious. It is. So what, what did you leave out of this book? What did I leave out of this book? Well, I left out a little, well, not purposely, but I left out a little bit of the how-to hmm. because I didn't want to drone on and on. Okay. That's I mean, the it's next a short book. book. It's what, 40,000 words? It's 40,000 really words. Easy read. read. Yeah, Easy I read, read it pretty Suggested quick. reads. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah pretty quick. What did I leave out? I did, I did leave out some hard, sad stuff, hmm. you know, because when you've got a, a, a partner who's had a head injury and they don't want to be in the hospital and you don't want to be in the hospital, you know, that's not always a, a great place to be. So I did leave out some of the more difficult moments, but I tried to put in some of the difficult moments so you'd understand how life changed for me yeah. and, and my partner at the time. But also, you know, also know that it's okay to change. It's okay to say, I need to change hmm. because oftentimes when change happens, we look for others to change. We can't control others' behavior. We can only respond. And that's all about OMG. Is what, that's what OMG is for me. It's learning how to create a more positive mindset because it's emergency preparedness for our brain. Mm. It helps us become a more flexible thinker. It helps us bounce back from traumatic events. It helps us bounce back from things like COVID that can knock us for six and say, you know, what's going to happen yeah. and be concerned. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I left a little bit out so you can read it in Jane's Jam. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know. Yeah. What's interesting is the uh, it's that preparing for it sounds a little weird, but preparing for the worst mm-hmm. helps you during the bad times because no one ever rises to the occasion. They always fall to their training. Yeah. It's 100 percent true. And what's interesting and what was really beautiful about like even what I went through like I had a support network mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people can't get that or have that. And, and that's why there's organizations to help out. But that was, I, I'm pretty sure I'm here today because of that support network. Mm-hmm. Like I just wouldn't, if I had to go through this alone and again, at times it's, it's lonely. Don't get me wrong. It's lonely, but just knowing that there's someone that like loves you. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let's just go get a coffee. You don't have to even talk. I remember a friend of mine, Greg. Oh, sorry. He, uh, it's in the book. He gives me a call. He's like, hey, just wanted to see how you're doing. We don't have to talk about Jane. We can go get a cup of coffee. And you can just bitch and moan all day if you want. Yep. I'm, here to, I'm here to listen. And I'm like, wow, really? He's like, yeah, go ahead. It's like, you know what? I'm training to be a rabbi. I have to. <laughs> He's and actually training to be a rabbi now. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's important to remember, too, what I learned is the past is just a chapter, not the yeah. whole book. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think if we look at life as a journey, and I look at life, I mean, again, I've always been a positive thinker. I've always been a very, uh, humor. I mean, you know, I, I grew up watching I Love Lucy and the Flintstones and, you know, Things that made me laugh. Carol, Carol Burnett. A lot of life lessons in the Flintstones. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Barney, Barney and Fred. Scooby Doo. Scooby Scooby Doo. You know, and uh, Carol Burnett show and uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. That's right. We're, and, we're dating ourselves. <laughs> we're dating ourselves. I mean, you have beautiful sons. Yeah. Some sons, so. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, but that's okay. But but the important thing to remember too is that humor 
finding your sense of humor, laughing at yourself, okay? Like taking those embarrassing moments because we all tend to, when we're down in the dumps about stuff, is we're our worst critic. And you talk about this. You talk about the inner inner critic, okay? So I don't know how much time we have, but I want to take this. A couple more minutes. We're going to take take some questions, too. We're going to take some questions. So I'm going to do two things. I'm going to read a, read a, uh, a little quote from your book, uh, Number Endurance Tweet, a little nudge to keep you going, because Jari's, uh, Jari's book has kept me going, you know, during some tough times, during the last couple of months when I was trying to do a lot of things. But Jari talks about the inner critic, and I talk a little bit about it too. Trying to push our, away our inner critic just strengthens our self-doubt. Instead, we should thank our inner critic for showing up. They are there to remind us that starting a new idea or venture takes a tremendous amount of courage, especially because starting also puts ourselves out there for the whole world to see. Okay? And that's something that really resonates with me, is that most of the time when we get stuck after change, or we can't move, or we can't switch gears, or we can't pivot, is because we're fearful, right? We're fearful not only about that inner critic, but about others criticizing us. Yeah. And I had an experience. You, you can tell I don't take myself too seriously, right? I do, but I don't. I mean, I'm a very yeah. conscientious person. A little right? bit. A little bit. <laughs> but I can laugh at myself. So, you know, one of my most embarrassing moments was I, before I, I was doing this, I used to speak for a living, was doing very well as a strategic planner, got invited to, you know, some big wig events, and I got invited to this big private, they call it private wealth, right? Or, you know, as a financial planner, yeah. right? With people, lots of, you know, lots of influential people. People with a lot of money, yeah. People with a lot of money. Hundreds of people at a banquet center walked in, took off my coat. I, lo- I thought I looked pretty decent, right? Everybody started staring at me. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's, maybe I'm looking, you know, maybe I'm having a good hair day, you know? But then I saw them. Like, you know, like their Gasp, mouth gaping, yeah. gasping. And I was, I was at the bar getting a drink with Clayton. You know, this yeah. was, this was before he had his accident. And suddenly this woman yells out, your underwear is out of your dress. <laughs> she didn't come up to tell me quietly. She yelled it across the room. And you know, when you get out of the car, yeah. sometimes as a I woman, mean, yeah, yeah. you know, and your dress can oh. ride up and, you know. Here I was showing, showing myself to 200 people. And I, I was so embarrassed. Right. But you know what I did? I looked at her and I said, thank you very much for telling me that. <laughs> and I went into the bathroom. Like, thank you. I pulled down my, I thought, shit, if I can't <laughs> get through this. And you know what? My mother always said, Jane, you know what? If something's not right, just act as if it it never happened and nobody will know. Nobody. You know what I did, Jari? I got up and I thought, well, geez, you know what? This is your moment, Jane, if you can't do it. And I opened the door and I walked into that event. I purposely walked right past the stage in front of the whole crowd as if to say, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And there I was. I'm out. Wow. And you know what? As an author, you have to do that too. You have you to be good. If any any you know emerging author, authors, aspiring yeah. authors like me, I'm an emerging author. I'm a newbie. You know what? You got to be good with the word no. Don't beat yourself up. Right. If you can laugh at yourself, you can get through anything. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Think so. so, does anyone have any questions? I know we put some cards out there for you guys to write on. If there's any 
questions for Jerry. And you don't have to say the question. Jari, I'll read, Jari I'll read the question read if question. you're, you know, somewhat shy. We're all friends here. Yeah, bring them up. Oh, oh, good. Okay, you can be our Vanna White, like a, <laughs> off of what's that Wheel of Fortune? Wheel, yeah. Wheel, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Thank you, Sydney. Awesome. Okay. So, so what's the what's the biggest thing you want readers to take away from reading Butterside Up? Oh, what's the one thing? Oh, I couldn't read it. What's the one thing? Hope. That's okay. I, Hope. Hope. Hope for the future. Hope for the future. Hope for the future. Hope that you can start a new chapter, that you can start fresh, that you can have new beginnings after endings. Mm-hmm. Um, William Bridges started the conversations. Mm. The librarians in the, in the group should be able to transitions. Very famous book written in the 70s mm-hmm. by a psychologist named William Bridges. He started the conversation about change mm-hmm. and why change happens. But unlike William, I experienced it as you did firsthand, he mm-hmm. was looking at it from more of a um, psychologist perspective and why people behave the way they do. Mm-hmm. And he talked about endings. Every, every ending is a beginning. Mm. So every time something ends, something new happens. Sometimes we need to let go of things so new things can come in. Mm. And that's hard to understand when we lose a loved one and we lose somebody close to us. Yeah. It's not fair because some, but again, we never know how much time we have. So how do you do that? I feel and I think that we all do that differently and that there's different ways we can approach our thinking. I've just shared some ideas and thinking, not only with this audience, but in my book to say, this is how I approached it. But I also not only tried to tell you what happened, I tried to show you. And so that's why the second edition of Butterside Up Now, published by She Writes Press, I sort of bridged the gap there about how I went from writing emails in the hospital to publishing a book, you know, which I never thought would happen and would not have happened. I wouldn't have published three books. Yeah. Because I've got Jane's Jam coming out November 1st. So hope, hope for the future. Things can be different. Is it easy? No, it takes work. I talk about creating happiness, not just find it. Hmm. What what, what do you mean by creating happiness? Living intentionally. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, we can get up every day and just say, you know what, what am I going to do today? Right? I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I've I've never been one to do that. I don't overschedule myself, but I start my day very intentionally. I start it every day with gratitude. Very, very simply, you know what? What am I grateful for today? Mm. What was I grateful for yesterday? I end the day with gratitude. A gratitude journal. I also have a little jar and mm. I put things in it that I'm grateful for. Oh, cool. And actually, it's a great activity if, you know, for families, uh, couples, families, yourself, start a gratitude jar, put in things that you're grateful for each day. Uh-huh. And then as a family, talk about it at dinner time. Like pull one out? Pull one out. Yeah. Talk about the experience. So, I live very intentionally. And when you realize that happiness can be a choice, that you can choose, we can't control what happens to us sometimes, but we can control how we respond to things. I can't control the weather. I can't control a pandemic, but I can control how I spend my time. Right. Right. I'm spending my time here with you today Mm -hmm. and this audience and writing because that brings me a lot of joy. 
I'm spending time with my family. I'm spending time with my friends. I'm, I spend time on activities like downhill skiing and golf, which I truly enjoy. But if you don't, if you don't do that, sometimes that's where the path can sort of bob and weave, and it can mm. be hard to get off the hamster wheel. So hope. 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 hope that things can be better. Hope that things can be better. Yeah. Awesome. Any, any other questions? Yes. So what helped you at your darkest hour? Because, I mean, you know, you seem to have recovered, but... Uh, <coughs> Did you have professional help? Did you uh, took on drinking, smoking? Thankfully, no. <laughs> Thankfully, I do like I do like a drink for sure. I wouldn't tell you that I'm a non-drinker, but no. Thankfully, I didn't um, I didn't have that issue in my life. I'm not a smoker, and thankfully, I didn't. I, I've never done drugs. Like I've never, you know, mar- I know a lot of people smoke marijuana recreationally. Mm. That's just that's just not me. You know, it makes me hungry, makes me sleepy, doesn't do anything for me. Um, but I did, yes, I did, I did go, I did have someone that I talked to, a, lo- a lovely na- uh, woman by the name of uh, Mickey, who, um, you know, she was that outside and thinker for me. Um, but I didn't join a support group. I went once, for me, I went once and everybody was really, was really sad. And it, it made it hard. It, I found it harder to be part of that group. So that, that just wasn't for me. But yes, I did go talk to someone. Um, but also, I, again, I started living very intentionally. I got involved. I picked up activities like skiing that mm. I did with Jen, downhill skiing that I hadn't done in a long time. And I, I recaptured that joy, that playfulness in my life that I, I'd really not been able to have for a long time. Because it wasn't just my most terrible year. It was the years after it, too, that I, you know... I had to change, right? I had to reinvent myself. I had to find a new career. I went traveling. I went traveling with my sons. And I took that one big, long shavasana. And uh, I took three months. And I, you know, I had savings. And I thought, well, why am I saving this? You know, what am I saving this for? A shroud, there's an expression, a shroud has no pockets. So I thought, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to take this money. And I'm going to do something that I really want to do. And I had the most wonderful time. Because every day... We got up with a, hey, it's a new adventure. Yeah. So I used travel as an experience. And I just looked at things. You know what? Seize the day. I think, you know, your Jane had a very, very um, good attitude about that. It was, it's not just about the two-ply toilet paper. No, no. Seize the that day. Was, that was the metaphor. Make every moment count. And I think it was really an attitude adjustment. It was having a support system, but getting involved, volunteering. I started volunteering. I volunteered in a kindergarten class. I went back to teaching, um, you know, little kids. I volunteered before. Getting involved, repurposing myself, getting, setting new routines and rituals. Having that support system, I had a wonderful group of friends. I called them my fundas group at the time. They were fabulous. So I still do that today. But it takes work. It takes work. Yeah, I mean, and not, you know, not everyone has got the resources and the, you know, sometimes the support network for that. And I think, I think it's just sometimes people have their own path to it. And I remember I, I went to support groups, too, and they were just so depressing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is everyone so sad? Yeah. And they're like, well, these people died. And I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do about it? And yeah. I remember I went to one. It was this uh, 
like dinner. I don't remember what they called it. And it was like two months after. And they're like, well, so how long ago was it that, that Jane died? I said, two months. Two months. How can you leave the house? And I'm like, how can I not leave the house? Mm-hmm. What the hell am I going to do? Sit in my pri- private pity party, like ripping the bong and drinking <laughs> scotch all day? I got, I got shit to do. Yeah. So I think it was the mission. It was the, for me, it was like, I have a purpose. And if you can find a purpose, it doesn't matter how many resources you have. The purpose is, that just drove me. Like, one, the purpose was I have to write this down. Second purpose is Jane will be remembered for all of time. And then the third purpose, which I found out later after I wrote the book, is that I have to build better men. I have to help build better men. Because what I went through was lonely and crazy. I know there's so many men out there that are like, I don't know what to do. And they're either going to drown themselves in a bottle, they're going to battle it, or they're going to put a bullet in their head. And I'm like, I don't want anyone to do that. No. And it's okay to sit in the dark. Like, it's okay you, to yeah, be sad. there's been plenty of those days. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know what? You can't deny it. No, no. But the demons to, come. Yeah, but accept, it's, come. it's except for me, it was acceptance. Acceptance, like, acceptance is, moves you into that more flexible way of thinking. And acceptance is, I'm not happy that this happened. I'm not happy these three, three things happened. Right. But you know what? I know that if I don't move forward, that it's going to be harder and harder to do that afterwards. So, yeah. So I had to rethink everything. I did a scan of my life and I said, what is it that I want? I looked at my life with a whole new sense of purpose and gratitude and like one big whole redo. In fact, this book is almost like a redo because I released the first edition of this book, which did very well. I got great reviews in uh, November 2020, but the pandemic hit. And I was speaking to Michael about this, and I said all the lockdowns happened in Canada, like probably down here. Even the libraries closed. You couldn't even you couldn't even borrow a book. Yeah, that happened here. You couldn't borrow a book. You couldn't go in and buy a book. And and I was just, you know, I just wrote this, and it's like. And everybody would say, oh, well, you can't do in-person book events. And I said, well, it doesn't matter to me because I've never done one of those. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right? So now, we're, you know, now it's all virtual. Right? So just a whole new way of thinking. whole new way of thinking. But I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Well, Come full circle. For coming. Oh, my it's gosh. such a great thing. Thank you so much. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we'll be here drinking some more alcoholic, non-alcoholic <laughs> food. Please eat food. There's, there's actually, there's cupcakes. So cupcakes. Yes. And we're going to have a toast for anyone that wants to have a toast. Yeah. We've got yeah. some sparkling, yeah. sparkling beverages, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. So right. please join us for a toast. Please be grateful. I'm so, I am so grateful you're here. I'm just thrilled to be here. I've had so much fun. And I've had such fun getting to know Jari because we didn't meet in person. Until Sunday. Until last, Sunday last evening. Sunday, yeah. Yeah. And I know he's got a great book coming out um, in April 2023. I think so. Yeah. I got to talk to Brooke about that. You got to talk to Brooke about that. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny because finish the book. Brooke, Brooke, just a funny story about Brooke Warner, who's the best, one of the best people on the planet. She is. She, uh, she was my coach for the men, for the memoir, because I've never written a memoir. I only write (laughs) silly business books, right? Because they're easy. So I'm I'm doing this memoir. She's helping me out. She's like, Jara, you know, you can write, but this is, you need work. And Get the whole thing. And she's like, okay, it's done. Great. What are you going to do? I go, I'll go get an agent. 
And she's like, great, okay, here you go. And I, I must have met 40 or 50 agents and like everyone say no, 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 right? Like, yeah. And I'm used to no. Yeah, gotta be good with I'm an entrepreneur, no. no is like yeah. the second word out of anyone's mouth, right? Why are you here? No. Um, but then, then I'm like, oh, I should do this uh, hybrid publishing thing or whatever. And like, I don't know anyone that does that. And I talked to Brooke and she's like, well, we do that. And I go, you mean you publish dudes? Because <laughs> it's She Writes Press? It's like, Jari, of course we published somewhere else. And so... Yeah. And that's how I met And you. here we are. And here we are. Yeah. Publishing under the same umbrella. Okay, we got to talk about Josie's Place. Yes, we Just do. Shout out to Josie's Place. Yeah, okay. Because they're here. They're here. They're okay. So, one thing that um, Jari and I feel very strongly about is leaving the planet a better place than you found it. Yes. So, this is our way of trying to do that. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for sharing this moment. And um, what we're trying to do is, uh, what I'm trying to do is, I'm moving forward, and I think you are too, is helping people understand about the great people out there, the great support networks mm-hmm. that are out there for people that have gone through loss and that um, are experiencing rapid, unexpected change like pandemic. Right. So I was very, very blessed to find Josie's Place. So Josie, we've got some slides up here. So Josie's Place. Josie's, what is Josie's Place? They're an open-ended peer-to-peer group uh, grief support to children, teens, and families because oftentimes children grieve differently than adults. So their grieving process can be misunderstood. And we, if you don't necessarily need a Josie's Place in your life, you may know somebody that does, Okay. And organizations like Josie's Place, we've got some facilitators here. We've got uh, Pat here, the founder, um, who's just a lovely, lovely inspirational person um, who um, are trying to change the world and make a better place and bring bereavement counseling to children and families. But it's grassroots, like everything else, and they have a wait list. And it's it's challenging um, to find supports. So what I'm doing tonight is everybody's going to receive a, a complimentary copy of Butterside Up. Happy to sign it if you want. J- uh, Jari's got some um, copies of Endurance Tweet, a little nudge to keep you going. And we're asking you to please read it, enjoy it. If you enjoy it, please tell others. But also please pay it forward, you know, um, give away your book. and. Yeah. Pass it along yeah. so others can read it too. But also we've got some information about Josie's Place. So not only if you want to make a donation to them, you can also pay it forward and pass that information along to somebody that might need it. Okay? So it's a support group that helps uh, counter grieving and um, helps people stay out of isolation. And they do a lot of great things. And I've been able to meet some wonderful, wonderful people. And again, never would have been able to meet them or you. If Crazy, all huh? my most terrible, awful year happened. I know, now it's the most awesome Now it's my life super ever. awesome life. I was biking in Sausalito. I know. I mean. I'm traveling in San Francisco. Oh, and I'm talking good. to great people. Yeah. So Dang. thank you. Well, thank you. It's been such a beautiful. <laughs> good luck on the book. Thank you. And thank everyone for coming. Good luck. It means okay. a lot. You, you are awesome. Ah. Okay, you're awesome. Bring it in.